Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sisternino here, and I'm about to talk about the premiere of Utopia on Fox with Kurt Clark. But first, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of Rob as a Podcast, and those are our friends over at DraftKings.com. Now, I just got done with watching a full day of football, and it was so much fun. And DraftKings.com makes it even more fun because you could win enormous cash prizes every week because if you're like me, you've been researching your players for your season-long fantasy team, which is not off to a flying start. But you could turn that knowledge into instant cash at DraftKings.com. People could take as little as 11 bucks and turn it into 4000 in one weekend. Somebody else won hundred grand their first time ever playing. And somebody else won a million bucks in one day just playing fantasy football. So keep your season-long league where it is, but also play a one-week fantasy game at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this upcoming weekend. So hurry up and get free entry into the Millionaire Maker event where the first place person takes home a million bucks. Head over to DraftKings.com now. Enter promo code ROB. Play for free to become a millionaire at DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter ROB for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Coming to you live from the inside the compound of Utopia, it's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who's on podcast probation officially, Rob Cestrino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our special coverage of the premiere of the new Fox hit TV show, Utopia. And here is the man who is going to be maybe one day the 15th person inside the walls at Utopia. Here he is, the tabulator, Kurt Clark. Hey, Rob, is, are we officially starting the petition now? Should I, should I enter the application process? Do you want to go into the Utopia compound? Uh, so far, we've just seen like the first two days of action, I believe. It doesn't seem that and, bad. Um, the, let me, let's see if the people calm down a little. No, yeah, the people are insane. They found 15 or 14 crazy people and put them in the Utopia compound. So we're going to talk about the new Fox show, Utopia, which is really unlike anything else we've ever covered on Rob as a podcast. And I'm very much looking forward to it. And just to give you the long story short, I actually really enjoyed the two-hour premiere of Utopia. I'm very much looking forward to see where it's going. Utopia will be back on Tuesday night and then again on Friday night. Uh, this week, and Kurt and I will reconvene at some point later on in the week and uh, cover Utopia later on. It might, might not even be until the weekend, but we will be following this all weekend or all week long, I should say, and talk about what happened in the premiere. And we will talk about the events in the premiere where I think you will be able to enjoy this podcast, whether or not you watched the premiere episodes to sort of just give you a sense of it. It would be something that you would like or not. Yeah, consider this to be kind of a, a Cliff's Notes version that will help you decide whether or not to commit and jump in a little bit. Okay. All right, Kurt. So let's just start with the big picture here, and that would be that Utopia is a show unlike any other show because there is no winner. Uh, unlike the Quest where there's a winner, but they don't win anything. This <laughs> is just an experiment to see if these people can go and live together on a show and see if it could stay on the air for a year. Yeah. That's the experiment, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, (laughs) well, I'm, I'm, I'm joking a little bit because the, the, the experiment is that if they can keep a society going for a year, uh, I'm joking about the part, about can they keep it on the air for a year? Uh, But you're right. Yes. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, it's, we will i think that's like the the i have no doubt that um that they'll be able to get something going uh i think we'll, we'll the, i think the question is you know we typically don't see a show like that's on like network tv last for a year with like no hiatus or no repeats or anything like that it's usually 24 episodes and done yeah and this is going to be following these people twice a week in their society and we're following them, and there's like no sort of activities, no sort of challenges. We're just following what's going on 
in this world. And I think one of the things that appealed to me about the show, it actually reminded me a lot of Lost, and I'll be sure to turn Josh Wiggler onto this, where it's almost like these are 14 people that like there was like a plane crash and they have to sort of build a new society and they are all sorts of like very different complex people who many of them don't like each other. Yeah, a plane a plane crash in which many of them have suffered apparently some sort of uh, head injury. <laughs> yeah, no, and there's definitely one guy who's kind of like a sawyer, and there's a there's a pastor, and there's all these sorts of people, and there's people who are like survivalists, and there's nudists, and there are all sorts of different crazy people that are going on uh, here in Utopia. So I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, unpacking everything that comes along with Utopia. And I guess let's just go in chronological order and sort of talk about some of these things, okay? Sure. Now, the Utopia compound is about five acres of land, which is very scenic. It looks like there's some wildlife that's going on there. And they have a lake, and it's sort of like a barn, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a little waterfall that they can take showers in and uh some animals. It's it and apparently a safe with five thousand dollars in it. And there's a safe and somehow <laughs> they'll be able to trade with people in the outside world and there's a cell phone that they can connect and I don't really know exactly what they can do with that. They didn't really get into that in uh the show. Kurt, rather than go through every single person because we're um you know, on a little bit of a limited time frame tonight since we're doing this uh, after the Pacific Coast airing of Utopia and uh, it is already past midnight where you are. Do you want to just give me some of the highlights of the characters that really stood out to you? Uh, sure. I, I'd, I'd say that the person that... The major the players. People, the major players at this point, um, I'd say one of the big ones is Josh who is a, a general contractor from Salt Lake City uh, who claims that you know, he's not just a handyman. He could build a skyscraper himself. He's, the, he's kind of the Alex Stein of the series. <laughs> yes, so, that's fair. That's fair. And he develops this really interesting Eastern European accent when he's drunk. That was also kind of confusing for me. But uh, he, he likes the sound of his own voice, and he's not really there to, uh, to respect people necessarily. But he kind of got called to task for that a lot in these two hours. Yeah, so Josh is sort of, he's the guy who I said is like the Sawyer. And he is the person who is, when Pastor John is talking about uh, something about the Bible at one point, or, I'm sorry, Red is trying to say grace before they eat. He's just like talking over him and eating and not waiting for him to finish saying grace. Uh, when everybody starts to drink on the first night, he is the one who is overserved uh, the most. There's an incident where he is exposing his genitals to uh, some of the women. Uh, yep. He claims that he has the largest uh, set of genitals out of all the men there, right? Yep, yep right? That's, what, that's what he's claiming. And he kind of puts it in uh, Hunter, Huntress Hex's face, yes. uh, and he kind of tries to kiss her, and he gets into a fist fight in the first night, and then there is a whole kangaroo court which happens the next day over Josh being put on trial, whether he has to be forced to leave Utopia. Again, there's nobody gets voted out, but, or I'm sorry, somebody does get voted out every month, right? And then a new person comes in? Yeah, and it's, it's a little unclear if that happens from the people in the house uh, or, or people, sorry, people in the compound. Yeah. Or, uh, or if it's the, the, the viewers. But yeah, each month, one person will leave and a new person will come in. So there's a rotating uh, society. But there's population. no structure and there's no rules. And it's like, we don't know if they're going to decide. Like, if they, they could all decide that this guy is out and then he just has to leave. Or they could elect somebody to be their leader or somebody could just say they are the leader. So there's really no influence from production that we can see of what they are supposed to be doing. Right. It, it, they're... They, there was even a few points during the episode where they're debating about like what kind of government do we need to have, and they haven't really talked about 
leadership as much as people are kind of gravitating toward natural roles, which I think is, I think, a lot like Lost. Yeah. You know, maybe let's just talk about the characters rather than, uh, I don't know if we have <laughs> enough time to go through everything chronologically and just right. talk about the storylines of the, the major characters. So Josh was somebody who he really got crazy uh, during that first night in the compound, Kurt. Did you want them to kick him out? Um, no, I did not. Not, not, not so early. And, um, I think especially after a few other people started to say that they've, you know, been that drunk before and have also done things they've regretted and wanted to give him a second chance. I know I've, I've been there, not quite as wild as him, but I didn't necessarily want him to be kicked out, especially if it was, I don't think he would have learned anything by being kicked out, to be honest. Okay. Let's go to another person that was a major player in the first night and one of the first people we get introduced to, and that would be Pastor Jonathan. And Pastor Jonathan is coming to Utopia because he wants to bring his religious message, and that is to spread the gospel to the people of Utopia and by proxy, the American television viewers. (laughs) Yes. Um, not necessarily, it doesn't seem like he is, you know, processing that not everybody he's with will necessarily want this, but that's probably why he was cast. Yes. And his goal is to baptize as many of the other, what are they, what are they called? Pioneers. Pioneers? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. They are pioneers. Yes. They call them the pioneers. Yes. He wants to baptize as many members of the pioneers as possible and get everybody converted to uh, his faith. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's a missionary. He is a missionary. Yes. <laughs> going, going into a new land of utopia. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately for Pastor Jonathan, many of the people in utopia are not necessarily interested in his message. There are some. Red, uh, specifically, also Amanda, also what she wanted to bring her Bible as well. But for the the most part, uh, there's not a ton of the Utopia pioneers who want to get into uh, what Jonathan is talking about. Correct. They're either uh, very private in their beliefs or have different beliefs or have no beliefs. Yes. And Kurt, for my money, I found Jonathan to be a little bit of a party pooper in the <laughs> Utopia. Uh, he, yeah, there, there, like we, you mentioned before, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of blurring and bleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, in this, and he seems to be offended by both blurring and bleeping. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a. You know, Utopia is an interesting place because you have some, you know, crazy shenanigans. Like, there's a lot of, like, hot-tempered guys between your Joshes, your Aarons, your Reds, your Daves, Daves, your Robs. (laughs) seems like there's a lot of ill-tempered men there. But all of the women in Utopia are free spirits. Is Is that fair to say? Um... Free spirits or a twit, like I wouldn't necessarily say that Hex is a free spirit, um, but there, yeah, there's there's a lot. See, I would of, say she's a free spirit. Uh, free spirit to me it makes me think a little bit more almost like new agey and lovey dovey, and she's just she seems much more matter of fact. But I'd say that that, um, but she's she's very open to new things. I think yeah, uh, and so so I, I can see that. But you definitely have like. You have, uh, you know, Bree and Nikki and Bella, I think, are amongst the, the topless trio. And uh, everyone just seems to be very comfortable, not in a, like, I got drunk on real-world Miami sort of way, but really just more in a back-to-nature sort of way. Yeah. There are the women getting into a lot of the yoga circles, and there's nothing wrong with nudity and all sorts of stuff. Now, going back to, let's talk about Huntress Hex who is the real-life Katniss Everdeen, and she is a woman who hunts with a bow and arrow. Now, I would say she is a free spirit, Kurt. She says that in her utopia, she thinks that the most evil things in the world are money and power and something else. Religion. And and religion, and she doesn't want any of those things in her utopia. So. I feel like uh, that's almost the definition of a free spirit. Okay. I, I, she's, 
I, I love her description. She's six six foot tall, 180 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Yeah. It's like a WWE diva. Yes. That's what I should have said at the top of the show. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm not 180 pounds. <laughs> anyway, so you have Hex, and she is known for uh, – she was the woman who got into the altercation with Josh – on that first night, but then she also was overserved in the in the first night. They gave them in very meager supplies in the Utopia grounds. They gave them what, Kurt? Pickles, flour, and wine. Yeah, the big three. <laughs> <laughs> and Red brought in whiskey. So yes. during the celebration, uh, Huntress Hex. Ended up, uh, she drank way too much, and she had to be medevaced out of Utopia on the second day to go to the hospital and get, like, her stomach pumped. Yeah, she had alcohol poisoning. (laughs) And, like, on any show where (laughs) there's weekly elimination, she would be out. But, I mean, just because of the nature of Utopia, where it's this ongoing experiment, she got better and came back later that day. Yeah. And so after she came back then she was one of the key witnesses at the trial of Josh, and she gave some moving testimony yeah. talking about how she, too, has a problem with alcohol, and she, she knows where Josh has been. Right, and, and, and that was actually... Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I really actually... She's probably uh, at the top of my list of pe- characters that I like on the show in terms of the, the, the people who are the, the pioneers. Um, so she, she's not afraid to tell it like it is. I think like, there's a part, you know, we talked about Josh always kind of, you were t- always interrupting Red. There's another point where they're having kind of this new age, you know, close your eyes and sense the forest around you and envision this, blah, blah, blah. And Josh is just talking the entire time when everyone else was trying to get into this little exercise. And she just says that, you know, you just love the sound of your own voice, don't you? And we basically and confronted him. And this, this group is not afraid to confront each other no. by any means. They're very confrontational. Well, nobody can get voted out. So, like, whatever. You just, yeah. If somebody's annoying you, you just tell them off. Yeah. Let's talk about Didecker, Didecker. Yeah, she didn't have a huge presence. Uh, she did in my mind, Kurt. <laughs> her intro? <laughs> yes. So Dedeker is, she's known as the polyamorous girl. She comes from an unusual relationship where she has two boyfriends and a girlfriend, and they're all sort of together. Yeah, it took a long time for them all to say goodbye. Seems very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't even begin to navigate what's mm. going on there. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be very, very interesting. Like That should be the show. I don't know why we took her away <laughs> from that to put her on a reality show. But she is a belly dancer. She is a nudist. She is uh, definitely pushing a lot of the nudity that's happening on Utopia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, she's, she's, the, she's the one that's that. She's that first domino. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, how about Aaron, who is Chef Aaron, not Chef Joe? He, yeah, he brought the, uh, the frying pan. So at the, at the beginning, they each had a, a, a crate of stuff they brought to the game. And unfortunately, they had to pack all of their medium-sized crates into one large crate. It meant everybody had to sacrifice something. So one of the things he wanted to contribute was his, was his frying pan. And he, uh, he's the cook in the group, and he knows how to cook chicken. He does know how to cook chicken, and he takes a very active role in the cooking, and he ends up in a big conflict in the last half hour of the episode with Red, which ends up leading to a a huge screaming match. Uh, And Red almost ends up leaving uh, Utopia because of that. And while we're at it, okay, so maybe let's talk about Aaron, and let me bring in Red, and let me just set him up real quick. So... Red is the handyman hillbilly. Uh, he's a moonshiner by... That's actually, if you go to utopiatv.com, that's actually listed as his occupation, handyman, comma, moonshiner. He is a hillbilly. He hates lazy people. And so he brought whiskey with him. That was one of his contributions to the big box. And he seemed like a pretty 
cool guy for most of the episode. Uh, he was making an alliance. Uh, I mean, I- I'll use the term, but it really is, you know, he, I guess you, you could just say friends. Yeah. Uh, with Pastor Jonathan. And he was re- religious. Him and Pastor Jonathan bonded over. They felt like they're the old guys at Utopia. But everything goes to hell on the day that Bella, and we'll talk about her, finds a dead chicken at the end of the second day. And Aaron says they can't eat a dead chicken because they don't know how it died. And Red, the hillbilly, says he can eat the dead chicken. He eats. He knows what to do with it. And so he's going to cook it himself. Yeah, he, he says that he can... I mean, I think you... Aaron's point makes perfect sense to me. Like, if you don't know what killed the chicken, you shouldn't eat it. But Red's saying that he can tell if it's good to eat or not by the smell of it. Okay. So, (laughs) Kurt, exactly what happened that made Red flip out? So, I believe what made Red flip out was that he was trying to establish with Aaron that he knows what he's doing. And... Well, actually, the, the flip-out came after an interaction with Bella. I mean, they seemed fine initially when Aaron was saying, no, trust me, you don't want to eat this. And then and Red's like, no, we can, but whatever. And then he just kind of kept going on, and Red kept kind of fuming on it and saying that, you know, this isn't a democracy, I don't have a vote. And then he just was, was going off while he was trying to fill a pail with water or something. And then Bella, who we haven't talked about yet, started losing it because Red was just letting their water supply run and was just wasting water. And Aaron confronted him later about that, and they just exploded from there. And I think what the, the big yelling was about, I think Aaron had a good point. He's like, the, you're good at all these things. You're good at being a handyman. I trust you to do that. The only thing I'm good at in my life is cooking. And I know that this is not something we should eat. And you, I, just, I need you to trust me on this and not to question me on this, just like I would never question you or trust you on anything else because you're so good at so many things. And it turned into uh, not quite Joe versus um, Willie uh, Hans. Yes, thank you. Will, Joe versus Willie headbutting, but there were heads were pressed against each other, and that's when Aaron said, "If you if your body touches my body again, I will pound you into the ground." Yeah, and then Red got upset for thinking that was a bodily threat. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> turned into like a manager and an umpire sort of thing. <laughs> and like Red was like leaning in and kind of like bumping Aaron. And then Aaron flipped out and said, if you do that one more time, I'm going to put you into the ground. If your body, he kept saying, if your body touches my body, I'm going to put you in the ground. If your body touches my body, you can always make a song out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> and Red just stormed off. He was so, he was so mad. And Aaron like went nuts. He was a pretty like calm guy the whole episode, and then he he lost it. Yeah, it was it was it was very strange. I mean, if we're it, it's a little hard for some of these arguments to put down a rational uh, backstory to many of them because they're, they're not the most rational of explosions. Yeah, definitely not. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Dave who yeah. is the ex-con? Is that, is that fair to say? He is a released yeah. uh, felon, and he is a, a very interesting character. His mom was a prostitute. He never met his dad. He did jail time, and he had a very interesting start to the show. Oh, yeah. He, the, the part where they had to go through their individual crates and agree what items combined would go into the one large crate that they're allowed to bring into utopia yeah could you set that uh, up a little bit more kurt just for people who didn't see the premiere of this show uh, what yeah, exactly uh, this is with the crates yeah so at the beginning they were all seated around this large holographic table which was not holographic <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was yeah never mind you just watch the show to see it but we'll uh, they're, it they're, post. yes they fix it in post uh, they're all sitting on these crates that look like chairs at first, but you later find out that these small crates that are maybe like a foot and a half on a side, uh, these crates contain the possessions that they were allowed to bring into Utopia. However, the table they're sitting around was actually a big piece of plywood on a larger crate. And this larger crate was all was basically what they were allowed to fill with their own items. 
in order to bring it in Utopia. So long story short, everybody had to go through their own individual crates and decide what to put into this large crate. Um, and so everybody had to make some sacrifices here and there. Uh, and they started out with everybody going around. That's where we said Aaron put a, a frying pan in there. You had Hex wanting to put her bow in there. Um, but Dave was just kind of sat off to the side and didn't say anything. And then he just completely flipped, basically saying, you know, this is BS. I either get, you know, I think he was upset that he didn't realize he couldn't bring everything with him. And he was putting everything in there or nothing in there. And he wasn't compromising. And he was just kind of going off. And I think people were starting to get a little bit scared. But then people started pushing back on him, which I was actually glad to see. Like Hex was yelling back at him. Um, Rob, who we haven't talked talk much about yet uh, from New Jersey, was, was starting to uh, yell back at him. Even, even Bree, the animal lover who's training for vet, in a vet practice, she was yelling back at him. So he, he saw these people were actually coming back at him and fighting. And a couple of people like tried to work with him and figure out what to put in there. I think he ended up getting all of his stuff in the in the big crate. Yeah, but he just completely flipped. He had a meltdown. He started just started screaming. Um, and really, what the impetus for what made him lose it was that Jonathan said, "Like, well, if we're gonna bring anything, I'm gonna bring my Bible." And then Amanda mm-hmm. said, "Well, I want to bring my Bible too." And then he's like, we don't need two Bibles. And then he's just like, you know, I'm in my utopia. It's not Christian. And then he just started going into like everybody else was just like working. He's like, what the F is going on? I am not doing this. I that I am not jacking my S. Uh, and he and he says this is some clown s uh, and just it's just like cursing and like screaming and and everybody's like what what do you what's your problem? Oh yeah this this reminded this reminded me of some of the fights early on in the Big Brother UK season this year. There was some there was some some good. There you haven't seen any fights on Big Brother uh, US like this in a long time. This was. It was great watching it, but also very awkward to watch. Yeah. You know, I hope that AJ Mass is uh, listening to this because I think he could just come in here and like in like 30 seconds could pretty much do the archetypes of the characters from (laughs) from Utopia. Um, Oh, yeah. We're never going to get down to just 12. So he should just, you know, come in and do that anytime. Yeah, he could just come in and do it. Uh, So the diplomat, I believe, would be Mike the attorney. Yeah. And Mike the attorney is the one. And again, they really cast this very well. I feel like that the people that they put in certain roles is, you know, one person is a chef. One person is able to fix the electric one. Like everybody sort of has like one thing that they're good at, which is kind of necessary to their survival. And Mike is the lawyer, and he's the one that has an understanding of what sort of government they should have. And he becomes the de facto judge in the trial of Josh. The fact that there was even a trial ticked some people off. You have a couple people there who are for as little government involvement as possible. And they were just like, this is ridiculous, and walked out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I thought that the trial was interesting, though. Yeah, you know, fast forward to the end of it, like they vote. It is interesting that the vote was seven to six for him to stay, which is not a clear cut win by any means. But it was close. Uh, it was yeah, it was very closer close than any vote. vote on Big Brother sixteen this summer. <laughs> yeah, it was like everybody have a you know chance to you know present their side of things, and it's it funny. It was like a few people talked before they even like realized that that Josh, the the defendant, hadn't actually even had a chance to to give his side of the story yet. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was it was really it was really interesting, and you know, had a couple people who were they weren't feeling safe, and a couple people were saying you know we shouldn't live have to live here in fear. Some people flipping their votes back and forth. Uh, it it for it being the the first you know the 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 night the the first full day there, they had a lot that they had to deal with, and I'm sure that they'll iron out that how that council how that that kangaroo court actually works down the road. Yeah. There's also the marriage of convenience, uh, Bree and Chris. They are the official <laughs> couple of Utopia. Uh, I could not tell you very much about either of them other than Bree likes animals and Chris is like a musician or something. That's exactly all I have in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they are into hooking up. 
They are yes, they are very much in the hooking. Up. They like they like the uh, physical contact. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that also kind of takes us to Nikki, who is looking for a partner to practice tantric sex with. Yes. So yes. again, anyone who's looking to where petition, do we apply? Yes, for this for this position. <laughs> All these positions. All these positions. Yes. Uh, and she is sort of a, she's a holistic doctor, which makes me raise my eyebrow a, li- a little bit. Uh, that doesn't sound like she's an MD. Yeah. So she's looking, she believes in sexual healing and wants to make this a love-topia. And she was yes. the one that was do- doing that that guided imagery thing I'd mentioned earlier that Josh kept interrupting. So uh, definitely she's part of the, obviously, you could probably guess she's part of the, uh, the, the 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 nudity the pro nudity group yes 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 she's more of a holistic quote unquote doctor yes okay so yes nikki is uh, very good between and again you, a lot of she's in the free love clique with the Decker and uh some a couple of these other people let's talk about amanda which uh i feel yeah. like that she was an interesting character to begin with and then to make this lost analogy again so she's definitely the claire of this group because amanda reveals that she's actually pregnant Yep. <laughs> We're having a baby on Utopia? In November. And then maybe again in May, depending what happens with Bree and Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. So Amanda, very quickly early on, Aaron looks at her and says to her, are you pregnant? And then, like, the worst thing that you can do to a guy who accurately guesses that you're pregnant is, like, are you saying this because you think I'm fat? Yeah, she I'm like, like come on. <laughs> well, she like walks up to him and he he like says like in front of everybody, which is kind of ballsy. Like, hey, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? And she yeah. like takes him aside and she's like, why? Because I'm fat. And he's like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, don't say anything, okay. And he's like, fine. But then the next day, she ended up telling everybody in the group. But it was like one of those. I know there's been a rumor circulating about whether that I might be pregnant or something, and I'm really wondering like. Was there really a rumor circulating? Because we didn't really see that. And was mm. that just her way of introducing the topic? Well, I wonder if maybe, you know, she certainly is showing a bit. I wonder yeah. if maybe other people might have also suspected that she was pregnant. And then maybe when they were drinking, she wasn't drinking. Uh, she also kind of went nuts when they said, okay, we think we should only eat <laughs> twice a day. She's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. She's like, I am. She's like a... They said to her, like, uh, well, are you, you know, are you willing to, are you flexible about this? She's like, I'm already outside eating out of a coffee cup. Like, (laughs) like I've already compromised. (laughs) Yeah. So she's a city. Yes, she is a city girl. So if it's coming off as aggressive, it's because I'm saying it aggressively. I loved that line. (laughs) Yeah, she was very good. I liked Amanda very much. And so she is going to have a baby. She is not married. She is in a relationship, but it's not clear whether it is a male, a male, female relationship or a female, female relationship. Right. Yeah. Because someone says, "Well, is 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 he going to come out here?" Meaning the 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 father, and she says, "Well, I never said that I was in a relationship with a with a man." Uh, but then she just kind of left it at that, at least from the editing. We, that's what it, yes, it was. She's very that. coy, Amanda. When you ask her if yes. she's pregnant, she says to you, why? Because I'm fat? Or if you say, are, like, <laughs> are, are, you in a, like, are you in a relationship or is the guy coming? She's like, well, I never said I was with a guy. But for all we know about her, it very well may still be a guy. Right. And that was like when she was talking about the food and not wanting to have just two meals a day, which makes sense, obviously, I think, you know, given her, her circumstances. Um, it that was like I think the most animated we saw her. I think she handled drunk Josh very well in terms of like when he was getting close to her, she didn't she didn't freak out. But like even when when Red and Bella were having the confrontation about the water, she was like standing right there three feet from them and was just like calmly washing clothes and just not getting involved and being very low key. So I, I'm hoping that uh, we get to see more of Amanda. And also, there is a possibility that Amanda's baby will be named Utopia as per <laughs> Dave's suggestion. Yeah, and she says that she, well, I don't yet know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. I'm like, please, not don't. That it, 
not that really matters with the name Utopia. <laughs> don't Utopia one. I, I don't think is a good name for a boy in particular. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's a good name for anybody. And I'm not even yeah. sure it's a good name for a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great theme song. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the Utopia theme song? Oh my god! Like that's that's the second thing they need to change. We, <laughs> That's my take on the Utopia theme song. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about the host yet. Do you remember Kurt on Big Brother One? They had like a theme song with words. No. Yeah, look look that up. So it's like I I remember it very well, and sometimes it gets stuck in my head. But it was like uh, it was like live because we're living today. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, it, it. Yeah, it, it's like it's like a cheesy eighties ish pop song kind of thing it's 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 not good uh, it's not it's good. They, not they should have let the people of utopia record their own theme song and let that be the theme song yeah that should have been one of the challenges that they had to do um and it's like it's your show it's your it's your society you get to make the theme song of what the show is gonna be but that yeah it's not good the utopia theme song all right let's talk about rob uh is he a rob that sucks or a rob that doesn't suck the security programmer who is the gun guy from new jersey um so far he's a rob that doesn't suck i think uh he's uh, we don't necessarily have the same political views he and i but he's uh he's he seemed to be fairly you know good natured on the show and stood up stood up to josh when i thought he should stand up to josh and he's yeah, I I, I kind of like I kind of like Rob. I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing more from him. I think he has likable traits, but I think he's kind of a nut, and not just only because of the gun thing, but he is very much like in. He got into the huge fight with was it Bella, and he kept telling her to shut the f up. And, oh yeah, and, at the at the court. Yes, and Bella was like, "I'm a human being. You can't talk to me like that." And he's like, "Well, shut the f up. Shut up. Shut up. I'm out of here." And he like walked off. And that, yeah. yeah, I think that was a little bit more. I think he was if if he's you know true uh, you know anti government. I think he just found the whole uh, court thing to be a farce. But he's yeah, I like he was telling her to shut up, and then she's like, "Speak, you know, say it to me nicely." And that's when he added the f. Well, he's a libertarian that he yep. wants a very small government. And even the government of Utopia it, so far has been too oppressive for him. Isn't, isn't 14 to 15 people small enough? No, it's too big. <laughs> no? Big, too big. big government. Okay. Big government. Hey, keep your hands off his guns and uh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. How about, let's talk about Bella. Oh. And Bella is, she is a doomsday prepper, but... That's at least what it says on the website. But in the episode, she says she's not so much a doomsday prepper, but she is somebody who is just teaching people other ways to get off the grid. Yeah, she, I think she described herself as more of a, a survivalist. Um, and she seems, you're taking a step back, she seems to be at the center of Many of the arguments that happen, other than Josh, she seems to be a very polarizing factor. Yeah, she's a nut. She's kind of a nut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she's in the the middle of a lot of these things where she's she's very sensitive, she's very opinionated, and she's always getting into the middle of it with with some people because she's always putting her two cents into things. Um, (laughs) She was one of the people who was leading the charge for Josh to be expelled during the trial. But very quickly, like within hours after that, after Josh was allowed to stay and she was very upset, Josh was in the room when she was talking about how they need to get a chicken tractor Oh, yeah, the chicken tractor. And, of course, a chicken tractor is a tractor that gets pulled by a chicken, uh, which does the work of a man in in one day. I don't think that's what it really is, though. <laughs> <laughs> it you, sounded like it's just a mini corral that they put over a certain part of the garden, and they put chickens in it, and the chickens just walk around and peck in that area. And then when they, when after, like, an hour or two, they move that little corral to another part of the garden, and it just kind of keeps the soil tilled. 
So they don't actually make a mini I don't tractor. Know. I don't it's have a, a horse in the race. I can't. I couldn't tell you about the chicken tractor. <laughs> but it was one of those things where you would typically roll your eyes, which I did. But she was telling this, as you said, to Josh and to Mike, the attorney. And they're like, you know what? The garden's your thing. Okay, we'll help you with this. And which I thought was actually a very was a uh, a milestone in the utopian society <laughs> that See, they did not just dismiss her. <laughs> I thought that Josh was just being patronizing and was sort of like rolling his eyes, <laughs> but because he was on probation, he couldn't tell her to f off. And he, I thought his attitude was sort of like, oh yeah, gotta have a chicken tractor, gotta I, you, oh, you gotta have a chicken tractor. And then like I think he was being sarcastic. Uh, but she misinterpreted but it. But she was like, thank you, Josh. Thank you. You let me talk. You liked my, you supported my idea. And then after that, she was in love with Josh. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, later she's like just fawning over him saying, oh, you, you're so funny. Oh, you just said something really funny there. Yeah. Like, uh, and yeah, she, 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 during the trial, she was also one of the first people. She actually was initially she supporting was Josh. But during the, well, she was the whole like you said, she got into it with yelling back and forth with Rob about shutting up. And then she was originally saying that Josh should stay. But then after a couple other girls said that they thought that she, that Josh should go, she flipped to join them. She was at the, in, like involved in the fight with red over the water. Um, she, yeah, she's, she's a little nuts. Yeah. But in a fun to watch way. And I thought that her and Josh were going to hook up then by the end of that conversation because Josh, she notices that Josh's fly was open. And especially after Josh was the guy that was putting his unit in people's faces. And so his fly was open and she was like, oh, your fly is open. I was like, oh, hey, you said it, not you said it, not me. And she was like, "Ah." she's like, oh, my God, you're so funny. He's He's like, I hope I don't violate my probation. She's like, you know, what? we should change that. We should you shouldn't have to be on probation. Like it was like three hours after the trial. (laughs) And she was the number one person that wanted to get rid of him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Utopia. 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 Uh, so those are the most of the players that are in there, but there is one person that we have not mentioned, and that is the Giles of Utopia, the Utopia narrator. Kurt, what is your take of this man who looks uh, somewhat like uh, Mr. Monopoly, but <laughs> in sort of like peasant clothes? Uh, Dan Perraro is his name. Um, you know what? I actually, I looked him up. He's actually a, uh, a painter, illustrator, and cartoonist. It doesn't look like he necessarily has a lot of, um, hosting background. It's not, this isn't normally his, his, his deal. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely works more in the, in the cartoonist and illustrator side of, of the world. Um, it's, it's a really, really strange choice and it's, Maybe it's just what I'm used to in reality TV, but it's really not working for me. Yeah, it's odd. It's just like he's the narrator who's sort of like living outside of Utopia, but he's sort of like omniscient and talking about what's happening inside Utopia, but he doesn't ever interact with the contestants. I'm not sure why we need to see him as opposed to just having like a voiceless like almost in like big brother uk you have yes. <laughs> that's exactly what i had in my notes yeah they need to switch to eight fifteen. josh has been on probation for two hours josh is going skinny dipping with dedeker <laughs> like quick to the point maybe a timestamp, maybe how long the activity has been happening but uh yeah it's it it seems very um overly narrated in it's it doesn't sound natural yeah he's almost like the mayor of utopia i'm not sure exactly that wasn't really working for me i don't really understand uh what why we need to see that guy yeah no i'm on the same page and he doesn't he's not like jeff probst he never like comes in and like all right pioneers uh are you ready for your (laughs) challenge today like he doesn't he's not a host he's just kind of a guy who's narrating and i don't know if we need to see the narrator. Yeah, if he came onto the land, Hex might shoot him as a poacher. We don't really know that they, people even know who he is. <laughs> yeah, 
So we, we don't really know. Um, all right. So those are all of the people. Uh, let's just bounce through some of the other interesting things uh, that we didn't touch on from uh, from the episode. Does anything stand out to you? Um, I, 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 I liked that we saw, I mean, there's a, we didn't really talk much about the lake. I guess it's well stocked with fish. They're catching, they're catching a lot of their dinner from there, apparently. Yeah. You know, I think we, we covered actually often the big, the big things that that I had in my notes. Is there anything that, that we didn't cover on, on your end? So one of the things that they have to do is that there is no electricity through, although there are lights, so I don't really understand uh, what's going on with the electric, but they have this phone that they can use to call the outside world, and they have $5,000 in a safe with which they can barter with or like buy things for for Utopia, but they need to get the electrical grid working. And right. that's one of the tasks that's going to be coming up. And apparently Red or Josh uh, knows how to do this. Yes. And they each think that they probably know how to do it better than the other. Yes, it's interesting because uh, Josh, the quote-unquote contractor, hates handymen. And that's what Red is a handyman, not a contractor. Yes, it was almost as if it was planned on purpose. <laughs> yes, yes. Um also, they need to set up some sort of a latrine system, and we have Bella, the survivalist. She wants to set up something, which I'm not exactly sure what it is that she wants to set up, where Josh is not into that because uh, he feels like they're going to be, he doesn't want to be recycling their waste, and that yeah. is what Bella wants to do. I don't really understand. The- yeah, she, want, she wants to do some sort of composting. Uh, in terms of the the bathroom situation, then reuse the waste to in the garden. And Josh does not want to eat vegetables that were grown in human waste. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I could see both sides of that argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. The I mean, something that um, I mean, you know, I was poking around the 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 Utopia TV website, and I guess there's there's little kind of hidden things all over the uh all over the land like for example there is a there is a faucet with a missing uh valve for it the thing that you would turn and that's like hidden someplace else like in one of the shelves in the barn so there are like little easter eggs like in terms of resources that i guess are hidden all over the land so i think that'll be interesting as they kind of hunt those down like there's a an overturned boat like a canoe that currently just has grass and flowers growing on it where if they actually notice it and they can dig it up and use it on the lake oh very interesting mm. did we talk enough about when red was flipping out and when he was trying to waste all the water and he was just taking the hose and just like spraying it into the ground to be spiteful uh we, we touched on it a little bit he it was it this is when i was like had in my notes that and th- these are adults these are these, these, this is this is a, a quote unquote grown ass man that's doing this, <laughs> and it, it was just crazy. And Bella was really you know ticked off about it. And then she goes to turn off the hose, and then I I thought that he was going to get into an like a physical altercation with her. Uh, it, he he just lost it just completely. Yeah, hopefully nobody will attempt the ice bucket challenge while they live in Utopia <laughs> because that would really also screw up the water situation. Yes, and we did, we also missed a little bit talking about how uh, Dave and Red, who are kind of polar opposites, Dave the the ex-con and then Red the hillbilly, have kind of had this uh, this really nice friendship that's going. And ultimately, when Red was going to leave, it was uh, you know. Dave convinced him. He actually pulled what they do in, in Big Brother UK is if when someone wants to leave the game, they say, well, just sleep on it and see if you still feel the same way tomorrow. So Dave kind of pulled that with, with Red. And also it was Dave's birthday in the, on the compound. And he said, and he also said, you know, it would be terrible, you know, if you left on my birthday as well. And so I think with those two things, he actually, because Red was ready to walk off. And like he was at the gate about to step across the, the line. And, um, and he ended up actually deciding to stay. And, that, and we're, we're guessing that he's, he's going to be there for the, the long haul now. Well, Kurt, the people that go into Utopia have to be very selective about what they are bringing with them. And it's very important that everybody has clean underwear with them, wouldn't you say? Oh, 
definitely, especially if you're going to be there for a year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unbelievable, Kurt, that how putting on a great pair of underwear could change your outlook for the entire day or even a year. And that's not a joke. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's a fresh new pair, slipping into it for the first time. Nothing beats that. Well, you could imagine the feeling of putting on that ratty, old, saggy underwear. And that's why our friends over at MeUndies.com want you to know the feeling of wearing great-fitting, great-looking underwear. Now, did you happen to catch some of that underwear that Josh was bringing with him to Utopia? Oh, yeah. Was that his, uh, his I think he described it as his banana hammock? <laughs> yes. That, that was very nice <laughs> underwear. Uh, yes. Maybe he might have picked that up at MeUndies.com because MeUndies has the most comfortable underwear you've ever tried on. They fit perfectly. They don't ride up. And they literally pull moisture away from your skin so you stay cool all day long just in case red sprayed you with the hose. If you were wearing MeUndies, everything that's important would stay dry. Right, and in case you're not comfortable being part of the the nude group in the uh, in the utopian society, you've, you've got a really nice pair of underwear to show off. Yes, absolutely, because it's profound the impact that it will have on you when you are wearing comfortable underwear. But here's the thing: they will also make you look great too, and especially if you're going to be on Utopia with all these naked people, you want to have great looking underwear that make you look good too. Amen. That's right. So go to MeUndies.com. Check out the pics of all the different styles of underwear uh, for both men and for women. It's more fun than the Utopia live feeds. Uh, They have high-quality materials for your high-quality materials, if you know what I mean. And the price is a fraction of what typical high-end designers charge and will help you out with an offer. Go to MeUndies.com slash R-H-A-P, and get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash R-H-A-P. They even give you free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. They guarantee you're going to be happy with them. Trust me, once you feel MeUndies on your body, you will never go back. And to get that 20% off, just like if you're on Utopia and you get that $5,000, you got to make it last. <laughs> to get that 20% off, go to MeUndies.com slash R-H-A-P. And Kurt, let me just tell you, I had spoken with one of the other podcast hosts on the Rob is a Podcast post-show recaps network, uh, and they got themselves a pair of MeUndies, and they said it was very good. You're being awfully coy and not naming a name. I'm not naming a name. I'll <laughs> leave that to the imagination. But uh, somebody somebody told me they were, they were very happy. I'm going to have to have to... You know, employ my detective skills and figure out who, who this is. This is awesome. Okay. So, Kurt, from what you saw tonight on Utopia, will you be checking out the Utopia live feeds at all? Which, just to set that up, uh, they are on utopiatv.com. I checked it out recently. I may or may not have read an article on entertainmentweekly.com that was talking about how uh, there was a lot of scantily clad people on it, and uh, my curiosity was piqued. I checked out what was going on on the feeds. I saw one of the women swimming. <laughs> uh, she was clothed, and she was just swimming in the lake, and then I went the, to the other live feed, and people were just sweeping, and then I got bored. <laughs> um, I, I did actually check out the, uh, uh, the live feeds last Friday for about 10 minutes, and actually the scene we saw today of them sitting around the campfire with the talking stick and kind of, and going around. Uh, I actually saw that on, on the live feeds and look at you. Yeah. Look at me. It was like, I was almost there. And we, and so, um, uh, and that was, that was kind of interesting. Uh, I probably will check them out again at some point. Um, there's a, a lot on the, uh, TV roster going on this week, but I may check it out when things, uh, start to slow down in a couple of weeks. I will warn you also that while some of the live feeds are free, there are certain angles and certain previous <laughs> scenes which you have to pay like a passport, which is like a $5 a month fee. I don't know how many people are doing that. Yeah, they have a premium, which I think, I think it's also an HD feed or something. Yeah. I also heard a stat over the weekend, or it was in the Entertainment Weekly article, that a million people are already watching Utopia before it went on the air on the live feeds, and I found that to be a little bit of an eyebrow-raising number, because I don't even know if a million people are watching the Big Brother live feeds. 
Not now. They're probably not. Maybe they switched, maybe, maybe they switched over. <laughs> I'm just saying there's not a lot going on. Yes. All right. Is anybody on Utopia the sibling of a recording artist? Um, I'd have to say Red. Yes. Uh, Red is uh, Bonnie Red's cousin. Brett Eldridge's cousin. <laughs> Brett Eldridge's cousin. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, I am very interested uh, to see what has been going on. Kurt, I actually, believe it or not, I actually know a Utopia spoiler from some, something that's going to happen that somebody's already posted the video of it on YouTube. Uh-oh. I've, I, I've been coy about it. I have not revealed the Utopia spoiler that I know. But Are we about to get into the live feed section of the show? No, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> No, uh, I'm not going to get into it. So, Kurt, I was thinking maybe uh, over the weekend, maybe we could uh, like we'll have to skip Tuesday because uh, there's just too much going on uh, in the next couple days uh, following Tuesday. We're going to have we have Big Brother on Tuesday night. I'm getting into podcasting Sons of Anarchy Tuesday night on post show recaps with Josh Wiggler. Wednesday is Big Brother eviction night. And so. Uh, Thursday night, I know, is not a good night for you. It's also the two-hour finale of The Quest on uh, that night as well. And then on Friday, we were planning on getting together to talk about The Quest. I'm also going to be doing on Friday night the Survivor 29 cast preview. But maybe if if you're free over the weekend, we could talk about the Tuesday and Friday episode of Utopia. Yeah, that should be fine. And a, a shameless self-plug, we are also covering the premiere of Big Brother Australia on post, on uh, reality wrap-ups, uh, covering the launch night on Monday. Okay, well, check that out. It's all on robhasawebsite.com. For more about Kurt's uh, reality TV wrap-up of Big Brother Australia, you can check out that feed directly on iTunes at robhasawebsite.com slash wrap-ups, R-H-A-P-U-P-S. All right. Tweet to the great Kurt Clark at Kurt Clark. I am at Rob Sestrino. Kurt, do you have a hashtag? Because I, I have one. Oh, let's hear yours. Okay. I, 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 I don't like mine. Go for yours. <laughs> uh, let's, I'm going to go with uh, hashtag chicken tractor. Okay. See, I was going to go hashtag utopian cows. But I think that that's a better Twitter feed, a better Twitter handle that someone needs to make. Chicken I think feed. We, need, we need to hear people tweet from the cow's perspective what all these crazy people are doing. But, yes. Uh, so hashtag chicken, chicken tractor. Yeah. And I'd love to know from you guys in the comments uh, what your thoughts were about Utopia and whether or not you want us to continue podcast coverage. Because I always like to say, you know, it's your show. We'll talk about whatever, whatever the hell you want us to talk about. So if you're liking Utopia, I would have to say I think that Utopia is better than Glass House. I think Utopia is better than Opposite Worlds. Uh, I think Utopia is better than The Quest, Kurt. I was waiting. If you're going to say who done it, I was going to have to have. Well, I, I, let's not get carried away with the who done it. But okay. but you know what? That, uh, and I'll be frank here. I'll, I'll tell you. You know why you'll I like frank, this? You'll be frank from opposite worlds, bro, bro. <laughs> let me tell you something. Can I be Rob here for a second? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what I what I like about this as opposed to the quest is that in the quest we're pretending we're. You know, oh, we got to pretend that, oh, Verlox is not, but Verlox is not real, you know, in, in Utopia, we're not, we're not acting like any, anything. We're not, you know, playing for, you know, the battle of the block or we're not, there's no sort of like made up things that like, oh, we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to do this. We can't say this because that's against the rules. It's just, they're just there. And we're just sort of like watching a pure or as pure as it could possibly be sort of thing it's just like we're it's almost like a like truman show type thing where it's like there is no script and it could really go in any different direction and we're seeing some sort of a real narrative right it's people have no incentive to be fake to each other for the sake of getting along and not getting voted out other than you have to live with these people yeah and it's just like you're nice to some of the people you work with that you might not normally be nice to for this very same fact that you're shoulder to shoulder with them like, you know, many times a week. So there's also no sort of confessionals or diary room or on the fly interviews. It's just, we're never getting the person saying like, okay, so I was talking to red before and I told him that I want to be his friend, but I really think he's uh, an a-hole and I'm not going to, I think he's a douche and whatever. So other than in their VTs, uh, Kurt, we really did not see anybody talking to camera. Right. And that's, you know what, that's, 
I had not picked up on that, but you're right. That's really interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I missed. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the way, and we talked about this a little earlier, but the way that the current narrator does handle things, but I don't necessarily think that that would be a good solution to start doing that. I think, I think I like the way that it's handled right now. And just, it's something that we've been talking about a lot on Big Brother this summer where, you know, you have people like Derek and Frankie where they're not being genuine in the diary room where they're telling us things like, yeah, Donnie, he, uh, you know, we want to keep him and don't worry, America, we'll do what we can. And then, but they're really trying to get him out of the house and they're lying in the diary room. We don't have that here. And it's a much more of a authentic and pure drama. Well, we love Big Brother, but I, I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Yep, agreed. Okay. All right, Kurt, very much looking forward to uh, seeing where this takes us all week long. Uh, mm-hmm. Utopia will be back on Fox, I believe, at 8 p.m. on Tuesday night and Friday night. I know those are the right nights. I'm not sure about the time. Love to hear what you guys have to say in the comments, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.